Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everybody, Derek here, and I am back with my regular host, John, after a couple of weird weeks. John, welcome back, buddy. It's good to be back. I'm glad you guys stuck with us. Um, We got a lot of exciting new news to cover over the two weeks or a couple weeks we've been kind of hanging out. Um, But we also got some new changes coming to the Gamer Heroes podcast as well. So we... we are gamer it. heroes. I guess we didn't really say who we were. <laughs> yeah, we were the gamer heroes. <laughs> we are. We are gamer heroes. The video game podcast on the Heroes Podcast Network. Um, but yeah, we do. We have some cool stuff. Uh, we're changing the format up a bit here. Uh, in less than two weeks is Planet Comic Con, which is the largest comic convention in Kansas City. Uh, it's actually, I believe, it's in the top ten in the United States now. Uh, so it's a big one and. Uh, we're all really busy getting ready for that because, uh, first off, John, of course, is half of Buster Props with Ryan, who's my co-host on Screen Heroes. And you guys are going to have your big crazy booth again this year, I assume. Oh, man. Yeah. And I'm bringing – I've overbooked myself, to say the least. I'm bringing seven new items, and they're not small. <laughs> so <laughs> they're very big projects, and I'm working to the wire um, with everyday life going on, and basically, I'm going to my day job. I'm coming home, and I'm working another four hours, and I have to do this every day until Planet Comic Con. So it's going to be a rough uh, thirteen or four, twelve days, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And on my end, mine's a little bit different. Uh, I've been helping Ray get ready. She's the other host on Screen Heroes, and she is Siren Ray cosplay, so she'll have a booth. And the Heroes Podcast Network is putting on three panels, one each day. Uh, Friday will be Screen Heroes. We're ranking the live-action Star Wars movies. Saturday is Star, uh, Red Shirts and Runabouts, which is our Star Trek podcast. We'll be wrapping up Season 1 of Star Trek Discovery. And then on Sunday, Costume Couture will be doing their LGBT plus and cosplay panel, which they did previously at Kansas City Comic Con. So we've got a lot of stuff, just tons <laughs> of stuff. Yeah. And so John and I decided that because of that, this is a good time to mix things up. We're almost at episode 50. This is episode 48 ish. Uh, and we are going to be changing the format up a bit. So the plan is what John? We're going to go to bi-weekly. Um, not only is that going to be beneficial for you guys because that extra week gives us time to actually stream stuff and actually show you the games that we're playing. Uh, we do a lot of talking about games, and we felt it's probably 2018, so we should probably do something new. Um, we're going to get back to playing more games so that you can watch um, and listen. So I think that's probably the best benefit for both of us is you know, we get to play more games, you get to watch, um, you get more content, essentially. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And the bi-weekly format is basically going to be 
still us every week, but doing two different things. So alternating weeks, we will be doing the podcast every other week. And then the other weeks, we will be streaming, hopefully. Uh, We've got some big plans. We have most of the tech in place, and we've got some games in mind, and we'll be doing some stuff in person together. We'll be doing some stuff online via, you know, PC or something like that. So uh, I'm really excited about it, but we're going to be starting this up after Planet Comic Con, which is February uh, 15th, 16th, and 17th. So uh, bear with us during this little transition here. You've stuck with us for almost 50 episodes, so we're not going anywhere. We just need the, to adjust a little bit here. So, um, But if you are new to the show, the last couple weeks were a little different. We teamed up with Saturday morning, Saturday morning Tooncast, which is the cartoon show on the Heroes Podcast Network, and did a fun episode about Nintendo Labo, the Super Mario Super Show, and the Super Mario Serial that we were able to get our hands on jealous i'm so jealous like <laughs> i i wanted to try it and i was really really anticipating it so well look if you, you, if you what can, it tasted like <laughs> if you can steal yourself away i have about half a box left oh yes so why don't you just save it man just put it away it'll go stale don't get at it it'll go i don't stale. care it's worth it <laughs> Um, and then the week before, the episode actually was under the Screen Heroes branding, where John and I uh, teamed up with Ray and Ryan on Screen Heroes, and we cast a live-action Overwatch film. So that was uh, technically under the Screen Heroes branding, but it's on the Gamer Heroes feed, so hopefully you listen to that as well. But yeah, all right, so today we are going to be talking a bunch of different news, including some stuff about uh, Bioware, Nintendo, and Sony. And then we will also talk a bit about some of the stuff we have been gaming recently in our free time when we do have it. So, John, my boy, what is the first news item up? Uh, Let's go ahead and talk about – we'll start with the sad news. So um, two games have been – well, actually, I'm going to go and start with Anthem got delayed. Um, Womp, womp, womp. Not that we (laughs) didn't see that coming. (laughs) Um, but I think it's kind of an odd move because they're not – they're kind of taking a position that this is not a delay and it's more of like, I don't know, we're trying to get our shit together kind of thing um, before yeah, that's, we give you this game. That's so silly. Like it's not Which a delay. Which is a weird – it's a cop-out. <laughs> I know. It's it's like – so I guess – I don't know. It, there's a lot of – there's a lot to the backstory of this. I, I did a little digging um, and I guess it has a lot to do with – EA's uh, bottom line numbers of last year going into 2018 and they felt that this is just not the year because they need to recuperate funds from you know 2017 this is just not the year for that game which is kind of a weird thing because Xbox One X when they were doing their like launch this was like a flagship title like this was one of the biggest things they had at that launch and they gave they showed a whole 30 or 40 minutes of gameplay. So it's kind of weird and it's like uh I don't know like here's this game that we have that's basically completed but we're just going to go ahead and wait. We're just going to sit on it. <laughs> well, so I think I think maybe this is telling that the stuff we've seen may look better than it actually is. Right. I don't know. Cuz why I mean, would you show us shit at the <laughs> presentation for your new console that runs 4K? <laughs> well, cuz I mean this when it does come out, you know, theoretically it would look pretty amazing in 4K, right? But they need people to buy the console. 
you can't really sell games without it. And, you know, it's kind of a symbiotic relationship, right? One of the reasons the Wii U was considered a failure was nobody was buying it because there were no, no real games to get for it when it initially launched. And by the time they released all those games, it was a little too late for most people. Um, and the Xbox One X has this kind of weird mark of it playing all of the Xbox One games, but you need it to do more than that. And Bioware, I guess that's that's their thing, will be Anthem here. I don't think anybody's super shocked that it pushed. Um, I found it hilarious that they don't want to call it a delay, though. Right, right. I mean, it looks like they're they're gaining and losing some people. I guess the executive producer from Dragon Age has joined their team on this project. Um, I guess they were absorbed by EA here um, just recently. Bioware Montreal, that is. So they're kind of just... I think they got a lot going on, and like releasing this game is probably a lot, uh, kind of a hard card, ah, hard thing to do in the middle of all these change. Yeah, well, and I mean, Mass, Inf- Mass Effect Andromeda was a, un- uh, yeah, yeah, it was unsuccessful, right? People were really unhappy with it. It had tons of issues. It was a flop, yeah, it, and yeah, it just. I I didn't get a chance to play that game, but um, I was a very big fan of of the second game the first and the second game so and the third actually I, I like the second one better but anyways yeah it was kind of one of those things you're just like man how could they ruin this series well think about what they had to stack up with too 2017 uh was a pretty amazing year for video games between Nintendo releasing the Switch along with Breath of the Wild Super Mario Odyssey Splatoon 2 you of course had uh other other games like PUBG came out of nowhere and really shocked a ton of people. You of course had the new Call of Duty World War Two. You had Destiny Two launch. Um, you know you had Wolfenstein Two. <laughs> uh, just just a slew of major AAA titles. Just you know knocking it out of the park. Um, it's then, it's it's everyone's game at this point. It's whoever can get the game out first. Well, really. and it's got to be good though. That's the thing. We've kind of passed the time of, of broken games from big developers. PUBG gets a lot of slack because it was early access and it's not from a major, you know, triple A publisher or anything like that. So it, it gets a little bit of slack, but Bioware, they've, they've got to come out swinging, you know, they have to put out the same type of quality that we expect to see from, you know, other major companies like Nintendo or Activision and things of that nature. Now, and, and Nintendo obviously has, handled the reins for a little while here (laughs) yeah i mean 2017 was the year of nintendo's resurgence and you know maybe that'll continue into 2018 um as a a bonus news point since we we have kind of segued into that real quick we do have some interesting nintendo switch sales numbers um so the nintendo switch uh, has been out for 10 full months i know it is february now but it's been out for 10 full months uh, releasing on March 3rd of 2017. And to date, it has uh, already outsold the entire lifetime sales of the Wii U, which, um, I mean, is pretty impressive. I know the Wii U is not not considered successful, and I, I understand that. However, the Wii U was sold for the better part of five years. Um, wow. That, right? No, I mean, that's a great comparison. Yeah. Five years of sales, and Nintendo switched it in 10 months. So in that time, the Switch sold an estimated 
1.86 million units, whereas the wow. Wii U uh, sold 13.56. So the Switch is well ahead of the Wii U already. Of course, the Nintendo Wii broke 100 million, so it's got a way to go. <laughs> well, it's um, also been out for much longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Wii was incredibly successful, of course. Um, but, you know, the Switch is, uh, of course, outpaced the Wii U. It is on pace with the Wii. It is on pace with uh, the PS2. It's outpacing the PS4. Um, so there's some really amazing numbers here behind the Switch. So maybe 2018 will be a similar year. We've got. Bayonetta 1 and 2, we have Dark Souls coming, um, as well as, you know, several other ports are, are slated, and, you know, we know Metroid 4 is coming, we know that's coming down the pipe at some point, we just don't know when, we know Bayonetta 3 is coming, Nintendo Labo is gonna be coming out soon, which is one of the weirdest things. I was about so. to say, I don't know what even, I don't even know what to think about it, I really don't know much about it anyway. Well, you should listen to last week's episode that you no. missed. Okay, you could give me the scoop on it, but I'm saying, like, as a person, like, as a consumer, I'm looking at this going, like, this is – so there's a there's a kid wearing a cardboard box, and he's, he's, he's uppercutting things. I mean, it must have been a crazy pitch meeting for someone to, to, oh, yeah. to pitch this idea to Nintendo, but it's – it's something that I've always thought is that Nintendo is the best Nintendo when they are totally weird off the wall and, and does things that everybody else kind of scoffs at, right? I mean, the Wii selling over 100 million units seems like a joke when you remember what people said about the console when it released. It didn't have HD graphics. It didn't have a DVD player. It had motion controls and it had, you know, no, you know, Xbox or DualShock style controller with a bunch of buttons and dual, you know, joysticks and and all of that and people thought this is this is a console for casuals and it won't be successful. And you know, whether or not it's for casuals is of course more subjective, but it sold 100 million units. So yeah. you know, um, successful. <laughs> then the the Switch gets announced and people say similar stuff, right? It's it's uh, not 4K and it's not always full HD and it doesn't, you know, play Blu-rays and it doesn't have streaming apps and it doesn't this and it doesn't that. Uh, and, you know, here you go, for over 14 million in less than a year. Uh, it's going to crack 15 million in its first year. And I got to be honest, it's hard to be – it's hard to look at that and think that's not successful. Absolutely. You I, I, I want to say those people who are saying, oh, it's not 4K – well, you should have spent the other two hundred dollars and bought the Xbox One X, okay? With so it, yeah, that's kind of one of those things where it's just like people who own the Switch. There is not one person I know that owns the Switch that does not like it. Yeah, no, I think that's. I have fair. not seen that. I have not seen one person. I have. There's people at, at my job that <laughs> haven't played a Nintendo game since the Wii, and they bought the Switch, and they're just loving it i mean like they're just like oh my god this is the best thing ever and it is yeah but along that along those lines though, everyone's scrambling for 4k you know 60 frames per second and nintendo's like here's a bunch of kits with cardboard and <laughs> it's it, it, the science behind it is actually really incredible it's hands-on it's interactive it, it has to do with you know really touching and experiencing the game you're building these components that you then play the game with and that creates a very interesting level for especially younger audiences that may be prone to interests in you know engineering for example uh, is is pretty cool stuff you know not everyone will be able to 
you know, afford a, an A plus certification or, or something like that, like they used to do, you know, when we were younger, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but Nintendo Labo, it's, you know, 70 bucks, 80 bucks for a kit. It's not outside of the realm of affordability for, um, a good number of people, of course, you know, 70, 80 bucks is still a lot of money. So it's not for everyone, but I, I do think that younger gamers and parents who have younger kids, I think will get a lot of joy out well, it's of, kind of, of it, that. It's like they're tapping into that educational market subtly. Like they're kind of like, well, here's the best way we can kind of shape young minds and uh, kind of get their creative wheels spinning and possibly create the next developers of the future. Yeah. These could be kids. These could be kids that uh, will make the, the next call of duty franchise. I don't know. No, you're very, you're very likely right. You know? Um, and for those who, who like terminology, by the way, it's been confirmed that the kind of cardboard creations, the whole concept um, are called toy cons. So you have the joy con huh. controllers, the joy cons for the uh, Nintendo switch. These are the toy cons. So interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's something kind of interesting there. I to, think I think card cons would have been better. Well, but. so uh, they they've all they, they're also trying to coin the term cardware. Okay, see that's ex- that, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. That uh, that witty name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got software. You have hardware. Nintendo has cardware. Hardware, so. which is genius. <laughs> Great. Um, I guess I'll just I'll just get this wrapped up. Uh, I meant I started off talking about games that got delayed. Red Dead Redemption is a beloved game of mine. Um, <laughs> it's it's GTA. It's Grand Theft Auto in the Wild West. Who doesn't want that? Um, has actually been delayed as well. Not surprising. Um, it's been delayed to October twenty sixth of twenty eighteen. Is that really a delay though? We never had a date. I, that's what I was just about to say. I was gonna say we haven't really heard anything about it. So. But it, they're, they're, the developers are coming out. EA, or excuse me, Rockstar Games, unlike EA, is like super apologetic. We apologize for the delay. So this would be that situation when you go, this isn't really a delay, <laughs> unlike Anthem, <laughs> where they're saying it's not a delay when it clearly is. <laughs> I mean, so, that is pretty funny because I was under the impression Red Dead 2 was just going to be sometime in 2018, and October is clearly sometime in 2018. Well, so. I pushed it even further than that. I pushed it in my mind. I had it all the way until, um, you know, the fall rush, the uh, the Black Friday rush. So oh, this like is November. before that. Yeah, yeah, this is before that. Um, this is the beginning of fall. That said, so that I had it way further in my head. But yeah, they never really confirmed or made any promises. So it's just kind of interesting. They take the stance of. Their first sentence is, we apologize to everyone disappointed by this delay. It's like, you didn't really <laughs> – nothing's delayed. You didn't tell us anything. I guess um, for from their perspective, they just – they know people are excited about it and they appreciate that. You know, I It's guess an excellent it's, game. It? If you like wild – if you like westerns, this is this is the game for you. If you like free roam and you, you want a cool, compelling story, this is a, this is a game for you too. So it's not – um, have you played the, did you play the first Red Dead Redemption? So I never did. Uh, with that said though, I am hoping to pick it up and play it before the sequel comes out here at the end of October. So it's available yeah. on the, the Xbox eShop. Um, I'm sure I can find it. So if you stay, if, if you were to just stay on the story, 
Uh, I think the part that takes the longest with this game is it's not like Grand Theft Auto where you can just jump in a Ferrari and get to the other side of the map. You're on a horse. <laughs> You're on a um, horse. <laughs> <laughs> they go fast, but they don't go that fast. Um, so it, it's a huge map, not Breath of the Wild size, but it's a huge map. Getting one place to the other, so the missions or whatever you're doing on the main story takes a little while. Um, but That's I think you fair. can knock it out. I think it's a 12-hour game, 15 hours maybe. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's that bad. But the yeah, first game was that's, so that's much just like fun. a Gears of War. Oh yeah, and they well, that's a little more on rails. So this one's kind of it's you're gonna get distracted. <laughs> just put it there. <laughs> you're gonna want to do things. Um, you're gonna want to shoot a bear. You're gonna want to try all these things. But um, last thing I just want to close out with it. But it's this game was a lot of fun, and they even had a side spinoff, which they did. The it was like the Red Dead Redemption. Uh, oh god, why can't I? Why did that name just? It was like a zombie uh, werewolf type thing. It was really cool. Um, you could get that. It's just a side expansion. You can actually buy that. They made it as a standalone. That's um, cool. A couple years ago. So it, you could be werewolves and zombies, and you could fight all this stuff in the Wild West. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's like a side standalone thing. That's pretty neat. I was not aware of that, actually. So that's cool. Let me look up that title so that way... <laughs> No, that's pretty neat. Uh, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to the sequel because I know it's a, a beloved franchise and it's something that I unfortunately missed as I have every intention of going back and playing it. So, And I know but, you will because you went back and beat all of the Gears of War. So. I did. I played <laughs> – well, except for, except for Judgment Day, but I played all the numbered Gears of War games uh, last year. So but, It was uh, called Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare. Oh, OK. That does ring a bell now that you say it. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm hoping to get to the first one this year. I mean, I'm play. We'll get to a, uh, this conversation a little bit later, but I'm playing through Wolfenstein right now, and uh, Bayonetta, of course, is I've got on pre-order and countless other games. So uh, hopefully, I'll get there. It's a big, big backlog. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, and they're not stopping. Um, the Switch is going to continue to p- pump out games. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you got a lot like it's what it's like uh our dream is coming true but it's also our demise when we're like we want everything on the switch here we go they're porting everything and you're like man i already bought this game but i gotta buy it again because it's on the switch <laughs> it is more of just kind of like having the time to play these games just seems impossible yeah no I, it's like the only time i get to play uh at least until planet comic-con was when I got to go back home for my, my younger sister's college graduation, you know, I got two hours in the airport and I got another hour in the flight and then I got to play all the whole weekend because I had nothing else to do. So that was the, my time. And then here I am back to uh, working double overtime um, to get stuff done. But yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I'll just go ahead and say it. Play a new game. Played Rocket League for the first time on uh, the Switch. Oh my god, that is an addictingly fun game. Yeah, and I actually got good at it. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I, yeah. I do want to talk about what we're playing, uh, but let's finish up the news. I have a, I have one more news piece that I'd like to yeah, talk about because this is weird. This is a weird one. So, uh, for those who don't know, Atari had announced their console a little mm-hmm. while back, and that it was going to be crowdfunded. And everyone thought that was really weird. And then, of course, when the time came for them to announce the crowdfunding campaign, it got delayed indefinitely. We have no date. 
So, okay, fine. I guess they ran into some snag, and we'll hear about it when we hear about it. Well, then, a couple weeks ago, I get an email from Atari with the title, Unique Investment Opportunity. So I'm like, oh, okay, this must be the console. The Atari box. No, it's not. It's not. (laughs) It's not at all. Unique Investment Opportunity for the next installment of the Roller Coaster Tycoon franchise. Now... For those who aren't aware, I am a huge fan of the original Roller Coaster Tycoon. I love it. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. I think it's a great, a great game. However, this is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. So I get this email. I click on it because I am curious. I'm thinking this is going to be like a Kickstarter, right? Oh, 35 bucks, and you get a, you know the digital copy of the game and your name and you know the whatever on the site. I don't know. Uh, but it's I not thought the same when you when you sent that to me immediately. I was just like, oh, OK, yeah, you can help bring back t- uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but that's not what it is at all. This is super strange. This actually has to do with basically becoming an investment partner. All right. Now, the site is uh, startengine.com slash Atari dash game dash partners. And the investment is really interesting. So I'm just going to read this because – Trying to sum it up might just get confusing. Invest any amount into the campaign with a minimum of $250 and earn your pro rata share of 50% of profits until you made 120% of your original investment, after which you'll earn a pro rata share of 25% of the profits until 18 months after the worldwide launch of the game or the earlier termination of our license to market and and sell the game. The percentages are subject to pro rata decreases in the event that we raise less than $2 million, uh, less than the $2 million we are seeking to raise in aggregate in this Title III regulation crowdfunding offering, and in the offering under Regulation D-506C, in which we anticipate engaging. (laughs) So, (laughs) that's like just so much just legal jargon about what you're going to get paid here if you contribute. Uh, but here's what's important. There are three perk levels. All right. You have to invest at least $250. No, no less than that. The first level gets you, uh, gets you access to the Atari Game Partners Investors site where you will have the option to have your name listed on that page. So that, there you go. Up to, if you, if you give them $749.99, that's what you get. I better get a free copy of the game. You do not. <laughs> you, you do not. I know, which is the most ridiculous part about it. It's like, here is $1,000. You still don't get the game. (laughs) Now, hang on, because it gets even better if you give them more money. If you give them at least $750, you get, quote, investor perks as outlined above, which, remember, is just your name on a website, and, and, my friends, a discount of 25% off the street price of the game at launch, <sighs> valid for one purchase on the Nintendo Switch. Now, if you're an Amazon Prime member, or if you are a Best Buy Gamers Club member, you can already get 20% off pre-orders for video games. So, uh, that $750 will get you an extra 5% off the game. Digital only. Uh, it sounds like, but maybe not. not maybe. It, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> like, seriously, like, you have to laugh, like, <laughs> out loud. Now, there's a third level where you, this is at least $1,500, where 
where you'll get the perks above, and one free copy of the regular edition of the book, The Art of Atari. So, what does this tell you? This tells you that this campaign is not about perks. This is about profit. Theoretically, if you give them money and the game is successful, you will earn extra money versus a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo where you get the copy of the game and you get some cool swag and then everyone moves on with their lives and the company sees all the profits. So this is really interesting because I'm not familiar with any major distributors or, or developers doing something like this. Um, and of course, Atari is is one of the bigger names out there. It's certainly not you know EA or, or anything like that. So... There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Now, they are seeking $2 million uh, is is their big final goal. Uh, and they, um, they're they at 45838 right now with 77 days to go. And there are 88 total investors. So Gosh. there you go. Um, I mean, talk it's, about it's, just money to burn, right? <laughs> it is interesting. The, the truth is that if they had a lower floor – I actually might, you know, consider looking into this because it is a franchise that I truly do love. And if this is the only way that I'm going to get a new version of the game, especially one for Switch, I'd be willing to throw some money at it, uh, you know. But, you know, to let them know that there's some support in the community for a game like this. But 250 bucks is a bit much. And I understand from their perspective they don't want – just anybody throwing five dollars to the project that they then have to put resources against to give money back to. I do. I understand that. Yeah, but Derek, I, I, my my thing is, I want to. I'm a I'm a fan. I want to support the game. I want to play the game. But I don't want to partner with you. I don't want to be a business partner. You know, <laughs> that's yeah, the well, difference. Right. And so this is not for you. Right. This is this is not for me either. This is for people who are looking for a way to invest in a video game. Um, and this is your option, you know, cause you can do it for as little as $250. You can give them more, of course, you know, there's, there doesn't seem to be a ceiling though. There might oh, be, of course not. they'll always take more money for real though. Like from your, you're more of a fan of this game than I am. Like I've, I've played the game. It was a lot of fun. Um, do you even think, do you see this being successful? Like be honest, like, <laughs> are they going to get, I mean, do you think they'll get the 2 million the way they're trying to do this? It's hard to say. I mean, they have some uh, pre-alpha graphics out there for you to take a look at. It looks fun. Uh, it doesn't look quite as sophisticated as, you know, you would expect it to be when it does launch. But it's got some cool stuff in here. The, the UI looks good. Some of the new rides look cool. They've got some features in here that look really nice. Um, it's a game that I, I would clearly walk into the store and pick up. I would want to play Roller Coaster Tycoon, and there's basically been three games uh, with the original 1999 and uh, the third one in 2004. Now, there was a Platinum Edition in 2006, so it's been 12 years since we've seen a Roller Coaster Tycoon game. It has been a long time, um, you know, so I want it to be successful. I'm not sure this is the way to do it, and it's a little confusing that this comes out of nowhere when the Atari box was supposed to launch its own campaign back in December. Well, like back to what you were saying about Atari, we still don't know anything about the darn thing, like the console. We don't know anything about it. <laughs> Not much. No, we don't know a whole lot. We know bits and pieces. Um, you know, we know 
what it looks like. We know that it'll be a kind of PC-based architecture. We know it'll have a library of classic Atari games. And it'll be HD. That is all we know. Oh, and it's going to be under $300, which probably means $299 or $249 uh, USD. But that's that's all we know at this point. Um, we also know that it's well over a month and a half delayed from its original campaign for crowdfunding to kick off. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. Maybe they decided to go this route. Uh, maybe we'll never know. I'm sure at some point someone will spill the beans. Yeah, I hope so. I, I mean, if they really want to make some sales, they better start giving some details out there. <laughs> that's that's kind of my thought, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so that's it. Uh, but let's let's go ahead and and change gears here um, and talk about the games we've been playing. So tell me about Rocket League, dude. Rocket League is so much fun. Like I I truly don't even know how to describe. So it's just so me and my younger brother. He's nineteen. Um, we basically just got obsessed with it immediately. Like, getting down the controls is a little hard at first. Like, your timing is everything in this game. Um, and I, per- personally, I don't like the ball cam. I hate the ball cam. I like the free roam cam where I'm in charge of the camera instead of always looking at the ball. Um, but we we, we started a, uh, a season. We created a team and started a season uh, with my man Hollywood, the computer, the CPU, Hollywood. And uh, we actually made it to the championship. We didn't actually get to play that championship game because uh, I had to come back home. But, um, yeah, we went like – it's a 23-week season is the standard, the default. So we pl- I think we were like 21-2. and two. We-, we were destroying it, let's just say. <laughs> but it's a great game, and I, I totally 100% understand the hype behind it now like at first i'm like oh that that could be fun but like it's an obsession now like it's like it is so much fun it is not just like oh it could be fun like it's a lot of fun and the maps are really cool um you know there's like a post-apocalyptic one there's one in uh in space uh there's one in like like a futuristic tokyo like there's a lot of fun stuff the cars are cool yeah, so, okay, so tell me about the cars, because I know on the Switch version, there's a couple exclusive cars like Mario, Luigi, yeah. and, and Samus, so did you get to play with those? Yeah, I play with the Luigi car, because Luigi's my guy, <laughs> and uh, you get to pick, like, um, so you can pick what your goals look like when you hit them, they explode, like money or something, or color, um, and then you can do your your thrusters, you can do the color, or, or when you jump, <laughs> this is exclusive to the Mario ones, they go, boom! every time <laughs> nice. they jump yeah you can actually enable that sound um so that was cool i didn't get the samus one um but i got the luigi i, I got the mario one and uh there's just a lot of really cool things you can add onto your cars like the stats are pretty much the same like they're, they're, there's no difference nothing's faster nothing's stronger but um there is a lot of funny like i got like i'm a big rick and morty fan and there was a mr poopy butthole like um thing like an antenna you know like the old like they put a smiley face on a ball on your antenna back in the oh day. sure like that like a little yeah. screamer for your antenna but it was like mr poopy butthole from rick and morty <laughs> so uh little uh, little known fact about me if you did not go to high school with me um uh, i used to have a little alien head on my antenna 
on my car. <laughs> Nowadays, cars don't have antennas. They have these little nubs that connect satellites. <laughs> yes, this was a long time ago. This was in my, my O2 Celica. So. That's awesome. But yeah, <laughs> have, you, have you picked it up at all? Like, I got to play it a lot in one weekend. So I physically have it. I, I bought it because uh, I wanted the pre-order discount. I just have not had a chance to actually play it yet. So it's it's just sitting around. We we need – okay, so next time I come over, maybe when we do a live stream, I don't know. I haven't tried uh, recording a game or a match yet on the Switch. Some games allow it. I know I can record 30-second videos uh, in Doom sometimes. Uh, I got I got the, I have the setup to do console streaming. So great, great. So we're, we'll, we're we'll play a match of Rocket League and uh, – <laughs> we'll get you guys some of that streaming because I'm I'm ready to play. I'm ready to do another season. Um, All right. I did the sharks. We, uh, me and my brother. <laughs> so. That's cool, man. That's well, I cool. Played, that sounds uh, like a lot of fun. Another game that I played while I was in the airport is Super Meat Boy. Um, ah. This is one of the most popular, I don't know, platformer games. Yeah. Uh, puzzle platformer games. And, uh, you know, the game just wants you to fail. It's really hard. Um, I did enjoy it, and I've gotten the first world done, and I'm working on the dark world of the first world. Um, man, it is challenging, though. It's a it's a tough game. And uh, you know that's actually co-op, right? Local co-op? Yeah, I had heard that. Yeah, yes. so I... me, me and my brother did it, and uh, basically you're just racing each other through the levels. And whoever gets to the end of the world first is the winner. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I've only ever played it on PC, so. Yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting thing on the Switch, but, you know, it's three buttons. It works pretty well. Um, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. Not as much as I enjoy Rocket League, because this game makes you mad, but um, <laughs> it's a good Fair one. Enough. It's a good yeah. one. The, the local co-op's a lot of fun. Um so I, I feel like if you knew the maps and you were actually good at the game, so me and him were not very good at it, we're you know we're racing through and we're just getting caught on the same level. We're both just next to each other the whole time. Um, but if you actually have a good good match where <laughs> he's ahead of you and you're trying to get it, you know what I mean, that would be a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I know it's sold very well on Switch. I know they've been very happy about its performance there, and there's kind of this resurgence of games that are just incredibly difficult platformers with Cuphead being incredibly successful this year as well. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm waiting. I'm, I don't, the graphics aren't that complicated. Come on guys, put it on the switch. Let's make it happen. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, I've been playing a few different games, so I've been, I actually finished the main story of super Mario Odyssey. Oh, really? Good for I you. Did. What'd you think? Yeah. Well, did you finish it? I have not. I had. I haven't touched it. I. I'm basically on the seventh world. So. All right. So I'll, no, no real spoilers here or anything like that. But um, I just have to say the game is brilliant. It's so good up until the very end. It is just so good. Um, the mechanics that they brought into this game, the the using the hat to to capture um, and and possess other creatures yeah. and characters and it's, objects. It's a lot of fun. It's such an amazing mechanic, and you know, at the end of the game, they just they continue to use it. It just 
until you just realize just naturally that's what you're supposed to be doing. Um, uh, you know, the, I'll, I'll give away one thing for anybody who doesn't know. You end up on the moon. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I, you I end know up about on that. the freaking moon, which is is two, one of two games I'm playing right now where you have to go to the moon. Um, and uh, that's just so cool. You, know, you can jump really high and the, the, the physics up on the moon are altered, of course. And it's really just a joy to play. I, I want to talk about the details of it. So when you finish it, we'll do a spoiler cast. Um, and talk a bit about the game, but I'm going to continue playing the post game because this Mario game has a freaking post game, which oh, is great. Yeah. Uh, like intentionally versus like Mario 64, you could keep, you don't, you didn't have to get all 120 stars to beat Bowser. Uh, but there wasn't really like a post game. It was just more stars you could collect. Well, Mario Odyssey has a post game, like actual story driven content that happens after the main game. Really? So, it does, and it's it's it seems really fun. So I'm gonna be playing that. Were you able to do? Um, so you just obviously collected the bare minimum of of moons to get through the levels. Um, um, I wouldn't say bare minimum. I basically collected as many moons as I could uh, without driving myself crazy, and then just kind of <laughs> moving on. Like, like, you know, I have a question. I, Sorry, okay. this is a big one. No, so those go right who, ahead. for those who haven't played. So there are so many unlocked abilities when you detach the Joy-Cons. Did you play with the Joy-Cons attached or detached? So I played almost exclusively with a Pro Controller. Oh, okay. Um, but with the Pro Controller, it still has the motion controls and the Amiibo NFC built in. So you can still do most of that stuff. Okay. I, I mean, I just – I understand that there are some really cool things you can do. And personally, I just don't really like playing with the Joy-Cons detached in my opinion. Um, I actually love playing that way on airplanes. <laughs> that's just so weird, man. I so, can't imagine so think sitting about next it, to you. But that's the thing, though. So I set up the Switch tablet on the my table. tray table. Yeah. And then my hands can go underneath, just oh, kind of like down by my knees. I didn't even think about that. And I can, you know, move my wrists around as I need to. That I can flex them or whatever. And I can just play. I don't have to look at the controller. Right. So I'm just kind of playing and I can just look at the screen without having to keep like my arms up, you know, or anything weird like that. I can just kind of play. I never thought about that. Yeah, I love that. That's actually when I'm traveling. That's how I play. Um, I do that. (laughs) You must look so silly, though. Like your people are like, look at this guy. I don't think so. I mean, I'm just a guy who's staring at a small tablet. (laughs) Who's flicking his wrist underneath the table. I mean, I don't really use the motion controls much, but I mean, it's look, it's it's 2017, 2018, you know, you know what it is. So it's pretty but, cool. Uh, That's actually really interesting. So, but I mean, like, what I mean particularly is like, uh, you can sling Cappy really far with a, you can wind him up and sling him pretty far and actually control his motion um, with it yeah. attached. And I've I've tried it a couple times, but. Again, it's not something I want to try all the time. I don't. I'm not comfortable playing with it detached the whole time. See, I think the key for you is you have to step away from how you're used to holding controllers, right? Yeah. You're used to keeping your hands together, but when you're just holding the Joy Cons without the grip, you can just hold them wherever. I mean, you could have your hands at your sides, right? Right. You know. So I actually so okay. So when I do travel for work, I have hotel. I stay in a hotel room, of course. 
And right now I do not bring a dock with me. I have the one dock that came with the console and that's it. So when I do play my Switch in the hotel room, um, I don't necessarily want to have it in handheld mode because, as I've mentioned before, it actually bothers my carpal tunnel in a way that the DS, my 3DS does not. Um, I have a new 3DS XL. That does not bother me. Um, so when I'm in the hotel room, if I'm not like laying in bed playing and I'm sitting at like the, the desk that they give you there, I'll set the switch tablet up on the desk and I'll use the controllers just like I do on the plane. Huh? I, I guess I just never thought to play it that way, but I, I will have to try it. Give it a shot. Yeah. You, you gotta just have to get used to it. It's a different way of playing, but it feels really natural if you're just like, kind of just don't really focus on where your hands are and just play the game. Right. That's good. Well, yeah. anyways, so back, excuse me, yeah, back so, to Mario. That, so did you play yeah. any of the, uh, excuse me, I got a hiccup there. You play any of the aside things, kind of like uh, the little mini games, and then, you know, there's the 2D portions of the game. Did you do any oh, of those? Dude, the 2D stuff, I played everyone so I, cool, I, I came right? across. That is it, a genius thing to add into a game. It's an amazing mechanic. So here, here's kind of my take, my general spoiler-free take on Super Mario Odyssey. Um, they simultaneously threw in more references and Easter eggs and throwbacks to previous Mario games than any other game I've ever played in my life and managed to create something incredibly new, new. and yeah. unique totally for the Mario agree. universe. Totally agree with that. You know, like, the Mario Galaxy games are brilliant. They were groundbreaking games for Mario, but they're almost completely detached from the rest of the Mario franchise. You have very few characters that are back, completely different physics. Um, you know, it, it feels like a very detached part of the franchise. And that's okay, because you're, like, in space with all these crazy small planets and you're playing with gravity and stuff. But this game is so grounded in Mario mythology, you know, from... The, the Goombas and the hammer throwers mm-hmm. to the the freaking uh, the the football guys are are in the game you know and you can take over the football guy the, you know who when I was a little kid playing Super Mario World for the first time getting killed by those little jerks you know <laughs> like I can take them over now and crush stuff and um, even more stuff that I just don't want to spoil for anybody so it's a joy of a game it really is uh, and. To basically balance off the, my my video game world, while I'm playing that, I'm just about done with Wolfenstein: The New Order. Wow, you've been doing man, you've been busy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in the last chapter of Wolfenstein: The New Order, which is the first Wolfenstein remake uh, on PS4, not the one that came out this past fall. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm in the last chapter, so I've been killing a lot of Nazis, which is just one of my favorite things to do in a video game is to shoot Nazis. Um, and uh, it's been a really cool experience. The The alternate history, the, the unique technology built in the game, some of the mythology that they've built around the, uh, the different uh, you know, subcultures that they've created in this alternate universe – uh, you get to go to the freaking moon, man. Like, I don't what really is mind. What spo- the moon lately? <laughs> That's two games well, so, in a row you're going to the moon, man. <laughs> I feel bad. I'm sorry if I spoil this for anybody, but it's been out for a few years now, so I apologize. But in Wolfenstein, the new, new order, you actually have to go to the Nazi lunar science base because that's where they keep all of the keys uh, awesome. for 
for nukes. That's where they keep all, that's like their most secure base. So you have to go to the freaking moon and go outside and like moonwalk and all this crazy stuff. And that was a really disorienting moment because they do it really well where there's, you know, nothing makes any noise. It's just like this vacuum of sound and you're hopping around and you're not really, you're wearing a Nazi uniform. So you're not sure like, are the sentries going to shoot at me or not? And all that kind of stuff. And, uh, just really, really cool. So almost done. I'm in the last chapter of the game, hoping to finish that up, you know, by the end of the weekend and, and move on uh, to something else. So, Dang. yeah, I, I actually have not played the new order. Um, I need to play that. I need to play. That. Did you, did you play the new Colossus? No. Wolfenstein 2? No. Oh, okay. I, I haven't so played I've, those. No. Okay. So I bought all three, uh, cause they were on sale really cheap, um, around the holidays. And so I intend to play them in order. Um, and, uh, that should be fun to, to do for me at least. So, yeah, but you know, I, I pre-ordered, um, Bayonetta and I'm playing, uh, SteamWorld Dig on Switch release this past week. And if you're curious what my thoughts on that are, I actually wrote a review at heroespodcast.com about the Switch release of SteamWorld Dig. Um, for those who are not familiar with the game, it's from Image Inform Games who are now part of Thunderful. With Zoink games, they they kind of merged, so to speak. Um, this is the original. There's two other games in the franchise now: SteamWorld Heist, SteamWorld Dig Two. Uh, I reviewed both of those games as well, as well as the original when it came out on 3DS back in a little while ago, 2015 ish or something like that. Right. Maybe earlier, might have been earlier. Uh, but uh, yeah, so. You know, it came out on Switch. It's nine ninety nine, and so I just kind of put my thoughts out there um, for that as well. So I've been playing a lot, man. I've been really trying to play. Um, I have one gripe about a game that I've been playing. Okay, which one is that? So I've got a buddy who wants me to play Final Fantasy fourteen, which is oh, the Final God. Fantasy MMO. Sorry, I I just and I just cannot get back into those games. Final Fantasy or MMOs? Both. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to give it a shot. Um, I enjoy MMOs, but it's tough to find the time for them. And uh, I thought that I could give it a try because if you sign up the right way, you can play for free up to level 30. So I wanted to give that a shot. I felt I felt like that's a fair try. Um, and I still can't get the fucking game loaded right. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? So uh, I'm trying it on PS4 and I find like there's like 18 different downloadable versions of this freaking game out there and, and the PS Plus store. I finally find the right one after just like trial and error. Finally find the right one. Go to log in. It wants some like one time passcode, which I didn't realize I could just skip. So that wasted a night there. And then so now I finally get to the patching. <laughs> it's going to take three and a half hours oh to patch. Fine. So while that's doing that, I'll switch over and play something else. I forget what I was switched over to. Well, unbeknownst to me, the PS4 went to sleep and <laughs> corrupted, corrupted the entire download that it had been doing. Oh, gosh. So here I am. I have tried four times to play this stupid game and it has been a giant pain in the ass just to get the game to load. I'm going to keep doing it because I, I want to give it a fair <laughs> shake. Cause at this point, like it's not the game's fault as much as this is an infrastructure problem. Um, 
But I'm going to give it – I'm still going to give it a shot. I'm going to try and get it done. But for fuck's sake, I have never put so much effort into just starting a video game. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, you can't even get the damn game started. <laughs> it's been a, a big frustration. That's crazy. Well, yeah. that just solidifies why I don't want to play the game even more. <laughs> it's just – I don't know. I think they've they, – it's a great series, whatever, franchise, but it's just gone on too long. And I feel like – I don't know. I can't get back into it. I'm so far behind. I mean we're on like 15 now, aren't we? Yeah, but they're pretty segregated, and Final Fantasy XIV is a totally separate beast since it's an MMO, so I wouldn't worry about that, but, you know, I get it if it's not for you. I don't like turn-based stuff either, so... Well, the MMO the MMO plays like an MMO. Gotcha. Well, the older... I'm just saying the original, and most of them, have always been turn-based. That's true. Final Fantasy XV, though, is not. I think that's probably... I think that's the one that broke it. So, you know, yeah. that's that's the new one, though, so... yeah. But, uh, but yeah, man, so anything else you want to talk about today? Um, no, you know, there's nothing that's crazy pressing, but I definitely want to take you down in a, in a match of Rocket League soon. All right, man, we'll do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, everybody, don't forget, we're changing formats up here, so please bear with us. We're moving to bi-weekly for the show, and alternating weeks, we're going to start streaming in the second half of February. Uh, we're going to stream some fun stuff. We'll be streaming games like Rocket League and Overwatch and some classic games like Zombies Ate My Neighbors and Turtles in Time. And, yes. you know, we'll be just having a lot of fun streaming different things over at Heroes Podcasts at twitch.tv slash Heroes Podcasts. You can find all of our stuff at heroespodcasts.com and at heroespodcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, we have a Patreon, and we also have a coffee, which is ko-fi.com slash heroespodcasts. Those are two ways that you can kind of help support the network. Every dollar really helps. Patreon is great for monthly subscriptions, but if you just want to shoot us, you know, just a little helping hand, that's what coffee is for. Um, so go check those out. We uh, we have lots of shows on the network, so check out other other stuff. We cover TV, movies, video games, of course, here, Star Trek, cosplay, cartoons, uh, just a gambit of nerd culture stuff. Uh, um, you said gambit. I did. I did. I said gambit. Uh, but, <laughs> but that's going to be it, I think, for us. John, they can find you over at Buster Props. Is that correct? Oh, definitely. And if you are coming to Planet Comic Con, please stop by the Buster Props booth. I do not have a number or a map because they don't give us that information until four days before the con. Um, but I got a lot of new stuff, a lot of cool stuff that um, I'm hoping to release. And um, come check them out. That's it. Awesome. And I am the Star Trek Dude on Twitter and Facebook. So come chat at me there i will catch all of you guys next time john i'll talk to you but later buddy we will we will play soon enough game on Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.